Uh, Why don't you go and open your Bibles uh, to Titus chapter 3. And uh, let's go ahead and pray while you guys are doing that. Lord, just so so thankful for tonight and so thankful um, just for every opportunity that you give us to dig into your word. And, and so thankful for every opportunity that you give us to uh, take time out of our week and worship you. And uh, Lord, we're just so thankful for every opportunity that we get to, to fellowship with one another. And uh, just especially this time during the middle of the week where we can just kind of get our batteries recharged and uh, just be encouraged and, and be strengthened by your word. And so just grateful for Wednesday nights and, and just pray that you'd be with us tonight as we get into your word. And uh, or just pray that I would disappear and, and that you would just be uh, speaking to our hearts tonight. And uh, God, I pray that, that not a one of us would walk away from here without being uh, just convicted uh, by your word of, of just sin in our life and unrighteousness in our life and things that, that we can do to just walk deeper with you and draw closer with you. Uh, so just thank you again for this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, you know, Rory had asked me to, to fill in tonight a couple of weeks ago, and, um, you know, probably some of the other guys can attest, you know, when we get asked to teach, uh, you know, it's always kind of a struggle to figure out, it's like, gosh, we, you know, um, you know, Rory's up here every week, but, you know, we, we get, you know, opportunities here and there, and, and so, you know, we just, God, I just don't know what God wants us to, to teach, and, you know, so we pray about it a lot, and, and you know, kind of probably wrestle with with what God would have us uh, to share. And, and it was no different for me uh, this last week. Kind of had a, you know, a few different things on my heart and just wanted to, to make sure that, you know, that, that whatever, you know, we got into tonight, that, that it was, you know, what God wanted us to, to hear. And so uh, we kind of landed on, on Titus 3. And, uh, you know, one thing that, that Rory was saying on Sunday, and, and I can't remember exactly uh, how he worded it, but he was talking about... Um, uh, John Piper's website, and if you guys know John Piper, is you know phenomenal preacher, and uh, be a good guy to to look up on YouTube and check out some of his stuff. Um, but he was saying that, that John Piper on his website has has some some video testimonies of some guys that you know just share incredible stories of what God's done in their life. Uh, but he said the cool thing is is that, that, that not a one of them uh, you know shares the the, the fullness uh, of God in their life without first talking about the the emptiness that that preceded it. And, and, you know, when he said that, that just really, uh, just really struck a chord in my heart. And, and at that moment, um, you know, just kind of felt like this is what the Lord would have for us tonight getting into, uh, into Titus. Um, and, and it just kind of felt like, you know, the Lord wanted me to take an opportunity uh, tonight just to share, you know, some of my emptiness uh, that, that preceded, you know, the, the fullness of, of Christ in, in my life. And, and so... Um, you know, just to, to, to share a little bit about my life, um, you know, some of you guys have known for a long time, but, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in the church. I grew up, uh, you know, good Christian home. My, my parents were faithful believers, uh, still are today, and, uh, you know, grew up going to Sunday school, you know, every Sunday, and, you know, have heard many, many of these things taught time and, and time again, and, um, but, but I wouldn't say that, that, that God really and truly uh, gripped my heart until, um, you know, probably my early twenties, uh, I would say, um, you know, just kind of getting into adulthood and, you know, just wrestling with, you know, as, as a, as a senior graduating high school of, you know, what God wanted me to do with my life. And, you know, of course I had my own, my own plans of, of what I wanted to do. And, 
and, and just kind of kind of knew in the back of my mind that, that, that my plans didn't line up with God's plans, but but just kind of put the Lord on the back burner um, because I you know wanted to pursue my own things. And and to make a really long story short, not going to get into all that tonight, but uh, to make a really long story short, um, you know when I was 19, I, I kind of came to grips with with uh, you know what God's plan was for my life. Um, at that moment and, um, you know, embraced what, what I knew God had for me and the role that, that, that God would have me play. And, and, and at that moment, uh, um, you know, got into youth ministry and, and became a youth pastor and, uh, um, you know, have done that since the time I was 19 years old and, uh, you know, wrestled with that for a long time because, you know, it's not what I wanted to do. It's, you know, it's not what, it's not what Chad wanted. Uh, for his life, but but knowing that eventually God's going to win, you know, I'm not not going to win that battle. Um, <laughs> you know, just just gave into it and and not begrudgingly. You don't want to paint this picture that you know I'm kind of you know stomping my heels and it's like all right, you know, you know it wasn't wasn't like that. I just you know God brought me to a place where where I just knew that you know I, I got a decision to make and and I can either uh, you know live for me or I can live for God. And, and, and the Lord just brought me to that place where, you know, I had to make that decision of, you know, who am I going to live for? Um, and, 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 you know, made the decision that I've got to live for the Lord, whatever that looks like, even, even if it's not necessarily the way that, that I would picture it or I would envision it. And, and so kind of jumping ahead, you know, a, a little bit in the story, um, we moved to California. Jill and I moved to California um, before we had any of our kids. And, um you know, went down to uh, Red Bluff uh, to join a friend of mine who, who was pastoring a church and uh, had asked me to come down and, and uh, be the youth pastor at his church. And it was, uh, wasn't was a church plant, but uh, the previous pastor had embezzled a bunch of money and, and the church kind of split up and kind of just dwindled down to a handful of people. And and so he asked me to come down and, and join with him, uh, you know, in that work. And, and so, so we moved to California uh, down to Red Bluff, and um, you know, God blessed me while I was there with with just a, a great job. You know, the church wasn't in a place to to really support uh, any kind of staff uh, at all. So, um, both both my friend who was the pastor and I, you know, both had to take uh, outside jobs, and and uh, God just blessed me with with a cool job uh, at just a really great company, uh, heating and air conditioning company that um, you know, it was kind of small when I, when I joined, but, but just, you know, through, uh, through God's blessing, just kind of came in at the right time before the company really exploded and, and, uh, you know, had a good position in the company and, you know, kind of my, my pay increased with the company growth. And, and pretty soon I, I became, uh, excited about my job, you know, um, and, and honestly, I became more, more excited about my job than, than the ministry that God had for me. And, and just as, as time went on, I uh, worked there for about five years. Um, towards the end of my fifth year there, um, you know, the Lord just kind of revealed to me that um, I wasn't pursuing him w- with all of my heart. You know, I, w- I was pursuing, you know, a career and pursuing success and pursuing money and pursuing all of these, you know, things uh, that, that just in the end uh, are, are going to burn and, uh, and God just showed me that one day. Um, and I just remember, remember the day that, that God revealed that to me and just how heavy my heart became uh, when I realized that. Um, you know, and, and during this five years, you know, I, I was still, you know, I was, I was teaching youth group and, you know, I was going, going to church twice a week and, you know, every activity that the church did, you know, I, I was there, right? I was, I was a leader in the church. And, and 
you know, if you'd have asked me, you know, if I thought I was, I was doing a good job uh, just being a Christian, I would say absolutely. I was doing a great job. Um, but, but in my heart, I, I just knew and knew that I was pursuing things that, that weren't what God had for my life. And, and, and don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying jobs are bad and careers are bad and those kinds of things because, you know, we've all got to have jobs. But um, when they take the place of God in our lives, it's when they become bad. It's when they become, when, when a good thing becomes a God thing, uh, as we've heard people say. And, and I got to that place where a, a good thing in my life uh, quickly became a God thing. And it quickly became uh, the thing of preeminence in my life. It became the thing that was, that was my priority. Um, you know, working just ridiculous hours, you know, 60 to 70 hour weeks, you know, pretty regularly for, for a lot of years. Um, you know, missing out on, you know, my kids when they were real little and missing out on, on family time. And, um, but, but all the while, you know, thinking that I'm just living this, this godly life because, you know, super involved in church and, and uh, you know, all these things. And, and as it turned out, um, the only person I was fooling was me. I wasn't fooling God. You know, God knew my heart. God knew what was going on inside my heart. Um, I was just fooling myself with, with thinking that I was living the life that, that God had for me, uh, when in reality, I, I was living the life that, that Chad had, Chad wanted. And uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight and, and you know, how easily, uh, in fact, uh, we were talking about this earlier today, a couple guys, that uh, uh, just how easy it is for us to, to get to the point, to get in our relationship with God where we fit God in where it's convenient for us. And, and we tell ourselves that, that we're doing a good thing because we're here, right? Hey, I showed up tonight, right? That's a good thing. There's a lot of people that don't even come to Wednesday nights. So I showed up. I show up on Sunday. I'm pretty faithful. And so, so yeah, I'm, I'm a good Christian. I'm, I'm living the life God wants me to. But, but during those times that we're not here, we're pursuing other things. We're, we're not pursuing a relationship with God uh, outside of you know, maybe the couple, three hours a week, you know, that, that we might be here hanging out with one another. Um, and, and if you're real spiritual, you know, maybe you come to Thursday night prayer, um, you know, and, and go to a home group, you know, I, I don't know. And, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to be here to, to just hammer anybody, but, you know, I, I just know from, from my own experiences in my own life, uh, how quickly we can get to the place where, uh, we think we're pursuing God, but in reality, we're, we're not, we're pursuing uh, other things. We're pursuing um, money. We're pursuing careers. We're pursuing uh, things that, that God wouldn't necessarily have us uh, to pursue. And, and our motivation doesn't become, um, you know, doing a good job, you know, in our in our work because we want to please God. It becomes doing a good job because we want to move up the pay scale. And and, and you know, it tells us in the Bible that that you know, whatever whatever we do, we need to work as if we're working for the Lord. Um, not so we can go up the pay scale. And, and don't get me wrong, going up the pay scale, that, that's a cool thing. It's a cool thing, but, but when that becomes our pursuit, instead of pursuing a relationship with God, it's when that good thing becomes a God thing in our life. And so I want to read uh, just here in, in Titus 3, um, just verse 4. And, and, and let me give you a little background on, on Titus. Titus uh, Paul is writing this letter to, uh, to Titus, and he's basically telling him, uh, writing a letter about here, here's how you pick your leaders. Here's, here's what you look for in, in elders. Here's what you look for in leaders in the church. And, and he gets into chapter two and he's talking about sound doctrine. And here's what it means to have sound 
doctrine. And, and, and kind of how that ties in tonight is that, you know, what, whether you're a leader in the church or not, we've all got to have sound doctrine. And part of having a sound doctrine uh, is understanding to the best of our ability who God is. Uh, and, and secondly, understanding to the best of our ability who we are uh, in light of who God is. And, and so Titus chapter 3, verse 4 kind of addresses uh, who we are. And it says, but when the uh, goodness and, oh, I'm sorry, Titus verse 3. I went ahead to verse, so uh, Titus 3, 3. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. And, and so we read that and think, gosh, that, that's just, it's kind of heavy and it sounds kind of harsh, right? But, but how many of us in, in our lives have, have been foolish? I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm still foolish. <laughs> I do foolish things. Uh, hopefully a little less than, than I used to, but, but I still do foolish things um, on a pretty regular basis. You can, you can ask my wife and she'll tell you um, bullet points. She'll give you a list of all the foolish things that, that I do because it's a, it's a pretty regular occurrence. So we're, we're foolish, we're disobedient. You know, when we were kids, you know, we, we disobey our parents, right? Mom and dad tell us to clean, clean our room, and, and we don't clean our room, right? The other day, I, I, um, I had to tell Grace, my oldest, you know, her job is to clean out the dog kennel. And, and so I, I, every day I ask her, did, did you clean out Charlie's kennel? Yeah, Dad, I did. And, All right, did, did, you, did you hose it out? Did you, did you scoop up the poop? Yeah, I did. And, you know, did you give him food and water? Yeah, I did. And, and one day, I, I just went out to take a look, and, and the kennel hadn't been cleaned for several days. There <laughs> There was quite the pile of, of dog poo in the kennel. And I had to go to Grace and say, Grace, I ask you this every day. And, and you tell me every day, yeah, I did it. And, and it clearly hadn't been done you know, for several days. And, and we got to talk about that and, and what it means to, to be disobedient. And when we're kids, no, nobody has to teach us to be disobedient. I've never had to sit down with any of my kids and say, here's how you disobey. You do it this way. I've never had to do that. But I have had to sit down with my kids several times and say, this is how to be obedient. This is what obedience looks like. And I don't know what it is about us, but we just know how to be disobedient. It's part of, it's part of who we are. It's part of, you know, we're just born disobedient from, from, the, from the second that, that we're born. Um, we're, we're disobedient. Um, you know, it goes on to, to talk about being, being deceived. Um, I've been deceived plenty of times in my life, and, and I'm sure for, for you guys it, it's no different. We're deceived. We, not only are we deceived, but, but we deceive one another. You know, we, we, we come here on Wednesday, we come here on Sunday, and, you know, praise the Lord, brother, how you doing? Oh, life is awesome. And, and just inside, you know, just, you know, things aren't going well, and, and, and we, you know, we put on a happy face rather than, than just laying our, our burdens before one another and laying our burdens before the Lord. We're, we're deceitful. Uh, if we're just honest with ourselves, we, we have wicked hearts. And, and, and I think just as, as believers, as humans, we, we think way too much of ourselves. We think way too much of, of who we are. And, and we get pretty high opinions of ourselves. And, and, and it's not the way that, that God would have it. You know, Philippians chapter 2 talks about humility and, and what humility looks like and, and, and that we should esteem others better than ourselves. Um, but, but we don't. We don't. We're wicked. We're disobedient. We're we're deceitful. Um, you know, we, we live in malice. You know, we, we hold grudges against people in our lives. And, and like I said, I'm not trying to be heavy or be harsh tonight, but 
But I think it's real important for us as believers to just be honest with ourselves about the condition of our heart. Um, because if we're not, the only person we're fooling is, is us. Like I said, we don't fool God. God knows the condition of our heart, and he knows the things that, that we think that we would never say. And, and I'll tell you what, if, 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 we could, if we could read each other's minds and if we could know the things that, that go through one another's minds, I, I, I bet you we would be pretty floored. Uh, I guarantee you guys would be floored about some of the things that, that, that run through my head uh, from time to time. Um, it blows me away, so I know it will blow you guys away. Um, it's like, whoa, I can't believe I just thought, like I know better. <laughs> But, but just these you know, horrible things go through our minds. And, and so we deceive ourselves uh, and, and pat ourselves in the back be, because we're here twice a week um, or because we, we squeeze in a, a home group or a, or a men's study or a women's study uh, you know, or whatever it is or we go serve at the Oasis and, and, and we pat ourselves in the back and think, yeah, I'm, you know, I've, I've got this Christian thing you know, figured out. Um, you know, because of the things that I do. And, and you know, one of the themes of, of the book of Titus uh, talks about the connection uh, of, of uh, behavior and, and beliefs. And, and even James gets into, you know, faith and works. But, um, you know, the thing that, that just God's been convicting me of lately in, in my own life, there's been several things, but, but one of the things uh, is, is do my beliefs, how do my beliefs affect my behavior? It's easy for me to stand up here and, and, and teach and to say, you know, oh, we've all got to live like this. And it's easy to, you know, to, to teach youth group on Tuesday nights and, and say, we've, we've got to live a life that, that looks like this. But, but when I really examine my behavior, does my behavior reflect the words that come out of my mouth? Does my behavior reflect the things that I say that I believe? And I hope it does. I really hope it does, but, but, but I've been looking, taking a hard look at myself lately and, and what would, would really encourage you guys and challenge you guys to do the same thing, to take a hard look at yourself and, and say, does, does your behavior, the actions of your life, does it line up with the words that come out of your mouth? And, and if they don't line up, either you've got to start saying different things or, or start doing different things you know, so they line up. Uh, so, so at the very least, whatever, you know, that there's not any hypocrisy going on there. Um, and, and so uh, we've got a video. I don't know if the, the video is ready, uh, Dakota, but we've got a short little video uh, that we're going to show. Uh, I can't see Dakota back there, so I don't know if we're ready or not. <laughs> there we go. So we're going to watch just a couple-minute video. This is a guy named Matt Chandler. Maybe some of you guys have heard of him. Just a, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal teacher, and he's a guy that would be worth um, some time spent on YouTube uh, looking up as well. But uh, let's go ahead and, and just watch the video. For my passion for the gospel and, and my passion to see lost men and women saved um, started to rub against or collide with the church. And, and so it wasn't very long, and, and I won't, I, I can give you dozens and dozens of stories, but, but really one that kind of broke the camel's back where I decided if I was going to do this, I wasn't going to do it as a churchman. Because the church, more often than not, was an enemy of conversion and not its friend. I'll give you an example. Um, this turn, this break in me happened that God has been just disciplining me on ever since. Uh, occurred my freshman year of college when um, I randomly sat next to a, I'm a freshman in college, I'm sitting next to a 26-year-old single mother who's coming back to school to try to get a degree, never been to church, 
you didn't know much about Jesus, didn't know, and so we began this ongoing dialogue uh, about the grace and mercy of Christ in the cross. And so um, me and some of my crew go over to her house and babysit her daughter. She's actually an extramarital affair at the time of a married man. And, and so we talk through that, the wisdom in that. Um, th- th- this is the relationship we had this kind of serving her and trying to explain her spiritual things. A friend of mine was playing at a church in the area, and, and so I asked her to come. He was a musician, and, and so I said, "Hey, a good friend of mine's in a band. He's playing. Um, why don't you come? Why don't you come hear it?" And, and so she agreed to let it be a concert. I knew better. It was shady. It was excellent. And um, she came with me, and, and we listened to Robbie play. And he was tremendous. It's really wonderful guy. And then the, the minister got up, and he said, "Today I want to talk to you about sex." And so I immediately go, "Uh oh." be a problem, and, and he took a red rose and he smelled it, and he showed how pretty it was, and he threw it out into the crowd. He goes, everybody needs to smell this. There's about a thousand of there. Almost all of us college in high school. So, once you smell it, once you smell it, you see the texture in it. You're good, good, and I'm going to tease. And, and then he began, what honestly, up until this day, and this might have to do with my heart, I don't know, I'm still wrestling, um, was one of the worst, most horrific handles of what sex is and what it isn't that I've accepted. It was fear-mongering at its best. It was, um, you don't want to sit with us, everybody's smiling and having a good time until there's herpes on your lip, and you're like... And so I'm just thinking with Kim beside me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and then as I got up, he goes, where's my, where's my rose? Where, where, where is it? Where's, where's my rose? And, you know, some kid can't throw his computer. He's broken and the things are off. The pedals are broken. And, and he lifts it up in his big crescendo. I mean, his point is to hold up that rose and go, now, who would want this? Who would want this rose? And I remember feeling anger, like real, legitimate, I want to hurt him, anger. And it was all that he did not to show up. While we were yet sinners, <clears throat> Christ died for us. Pretty amazing little, just a couple of minutes there. Um, you know, our, our lives represent, or that broken rose represents each one of our lives. Represents just our, our depravity and, and what our life is before Christ comes into it. And, and this passage in Titus represents what our lives look like before Christ comes into it. Romans, in, in Romans chapter 1, it says that, that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And then it goes on to say that they worship the, the creation, uh, worship the creature above the creator. And, and I was just looking at that today and just thinking, okay, how, how do I do that in my own life? How, how do I worship creation uh, above the creator? And you start reflecting back on you know this time in my life that, that I shared earlier um, you know, about just pursuing success in the eyes of the world. That's how I worship the, the creation above the creator because I was pursuing things. Things that, that in the end just, just don't matter. 
You know, we, we, we worship the creation above the creator. When we take anything that, that God has given us and make that more important in our lives uh, than he is, when we give anything preeminence in our lives that, that takes away from the preeminence of Christ, that we're, we're doing the same thing uh, that it talks about in Romans chapter 1. We're exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Um, you don't have to turn there, but uh, uh, in Genesis chapter 3, um, we kind of see the first time that this ever that this ever happened, and, and yeah, Genesis chapter three. We're going back to to the very beginning um, of, of human time on this earth, and this is just just on the heels of of when God created Adam and and God created Eve. Uh, he created the, the heavens and He created the earth. It, it took you know three chapters into the Bible before before people screwed it up. Just three chapters, not thirty. <laughs> Not three books, three chapters uh, before people screwed it up. And, and, and so God tells him, he gives him the Garden of Eden and says, you can have anything in this garden. This, this is yours uh, except for this tree. You can eat the fruit off of any tree except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This tree over here, leave it alone. And, and in no time, you know, here, here comes the devil, right? He's, he's a snake crawling on the ground and, and, and he goes up to Eve. And, and we're going to read just in chapter three, uh, starting in the beginning. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say to you, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, now an interesting little thing that, that, that I read earlier today, I was, I was reading a couple commentaries, and an interesting little thing that I read there, um, is, and, and we're not going to back up to chapter 2, but, but in your own time, if you look back in chapter 2, what, what God told Adam, he, he said don't eat of it, but he didn't say don't touch it. And, and kind of the significance of that is how many times do, do we take what, what God has commanded of us and add to it? And, and, and here we see Eve doing that. You know, oh, God said we can't eat it and, and we can't touch it. And, and, and we're, we add to, to what God uh, tells us to do or, or we, we, we modify, uh, in other words, God's commandments really to, to fit us. Uh, but in verse 4 it says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes... Um, and that the tree was desired uh, was to be desired to make one wise. She took its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. I've uh, <laughs> told you guys to be shocked about the thoughts that go through my mind. Sometimes I, I read that part, and I think, what was it like when they realized they were naked for the first time? Whoa! One of those things I often laugh about, just kind of to myself. <laughs> so I thought I would share that. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously they didn't die. They didn't die when they ate of the tree, right? And, and, and God told them they would die. Don't eat of it unless you die. And so they ate of it and they didn't die. So, so, so how do we reconcile that, right? Is, is, is there a problem with the word of God because they didn't die? Um, no. You know, Adam lived to be over 900 years old. And, and, and so these guys went on to, to, to live, you know, long lives uh, after this took place. But, but what happened, what we see happening uh, is their spiritual death happened at that moment. 
the, the very moment that, that they were faced with a choice to, to walk in obedience to God uh, or to walk in disobedience to God, uh, and, and as any good human would, uh, they, they chose disobedience to God. Just, just like I choose every day when, when I'm faced with choices, sometimes I choose disobedience to God. After it happens, I always kick myself. Why did I do that? I know better. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have said that. It happens to me. It happens to us. Um, And and we see it here three chapters into the book. It happens for the first time. And, And riddled throughout the pages of the Bible, it happens over and over again where where people willfully choose to be disobedient to God. Um, and, and along the lines of just being disobedient, it's, you know, we, we just try to fit God in where it works for us. And, and the hard stuff or the stuff that we don't want to deal with, you know, I'm just not going to do that for now. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to take the things that work for me. You know, I can go to church a couple of times a week. I, I can squeeze that in. Get up a little early on Sunday morning, even though I'd rather sleep in. But hey, I'll, I'll make that sacrifice for God. I can do that, but, but, but what happens when, when God tells you, uh, hey, part of your paycheck you know, needs to come this way? You know, we hold on to it just with such tight fists because it doesn't work for us, right? It doesn't work for us. It, mean, it means that, well, if I, if I write that check, now, now I can't go out to eat on Saturday nights like I like to. Or you know, if I write that check, now, now I can't do this. And, and you know, this isn't a plug, you know, for everybody to write checks tonight, so don't misunderstand that. But you know, just making the point that you know, we take the things that work for us, and, and the things that, that really don't work for us, we, we just leave it, just leave it in the back burner, and say, you know what, I'm not going to worry about that right now. And, and what it is is it's you know, selective obedience when, when in reality it is disobedience. Selective obedience is disobedience to God. You know, we read in in, in Samuel. You know, we look at in First Samuel at Saul. Um, you know, where, where God tells him, I want you to go wipe out the Amalekites, wipe them off the face of the earth, man, woman, child, and beast, wipe them out. And, and what do you think Saul did? He kept the good stuff for himself. And when Samuel called him on it, he said, Oh, I, I was going to sacrifice that stuff to the Lord. And, and, and Samuel called him on it. And he says, no, God desires obedience, not sacrifice. God wants our obedience. And, and, you know, we talked about this last night at, at, at youth group that, you know, it doesn't matter how many times a week we're here. It doesn't matter, you know, how many times we pick up our Bible and read it. We, we could have memorized from, from cover to cover. And if we're disobedient, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't matter how many men's Bible studies we go to. It doesn't, how many, it doesn't matter how many ladies studies we go to. If we're not obedient to God, it doesn't matter. We're just doing it to look good because our heart Heart isn't where it needs to be. And, and so, you know, you know, we see that in, in, in Titus chapter 3, that, that just we're, we're depraved and, and wicked um, without Christ in our lives. And, and so, you know, I want to challenge us tonight to, to walk in, in complete obedience to God, whatever that might look like. And, and, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes walking in obedience to God is a huge inconvenience. It doesn't always work for me. You know, being obedient to God, sometimes I just rather wouldn't. And, and sometimes I'm not. But, but God hasn't called us to, to that. God hasn't called us to be obedient sometimes. God has called us to be obedient all the time. God hasn't called us to do the things that are convenient for us. God hasn't called us to do the things that they just work for us and, and leave the rest 
um, you know, for another day. You know, God's called us to be completely obedient. And, and so the bad news is, is that, that from, from the second that we're born, we have disobedience in our blood. And it's something that we battle with our entire life. There's, there's never going to come a point in, in our life, um, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you live to be 100, there's never going to come a point in, in any of our lives where, where we stop battling um, God's will versus my will. Never at, at any point. Um, you know, we're taking the youth group through the book of Acts, and, and so we've just been, been looking at Paul lately and just, just what an amazing guy uh, that, that Paul is. And um, you know, I've been talking about Paul a lot lately, just with a lot of different people. But you know, a lot of people would look at Paul's life and say, man, that this Christian thing just isn't working out for you. I mean, Paul had a brutal existence. From, from the time that, that he decided to follow Christ, I mean, life got bad for him in a hurry. I mean, the guy got beat up everywhere he went. You know, he, he, he got stoned and, and not, you know, smoking a J stone. I mean, they threw rocks at him to kill him. He got stoned and, and he walked away from it. And, and, you know, he got on boats and they wrecked and he went days without food and he, he went to jail. Uh, he went to prison. He got beat up. Um, brutal existence. If, if I were Paul, I would look at that and just think, man, this thing's not working out. I'm going to go back to what I used to do because life was much easier uh, doing what I used to do. Nothing about being a believer, nothing about following Christ was convenient for Paul. Yet he did it anyway. And, and I've just been pondering that, you know, for, for several weeks now. It's like, why? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? If, if, if all of a sudden, you know, and, and we live in America and we probably don't have to worry too much about, you know, people beating us up because of what we believe. And, and we probably don't have to worry too much about, you know, getting thrown in jail because of our faith. You know, we, we have it pretty easy in that, in that respect. Um, but, but what if all of a sudden for me, you know, life became difficult because of what I profess to believe? Would, would, would the actions of my life still line up with the words that come out of my mouth? I hope they would. I really do. But, you know, we've got to be willing to, to, to take the stuff that's inconvenient along with the stuff that is convenient. Because if we're just taking the, taking the, the parts and pieces that work for us, you know, I think we've really got to examine ourselves and say, gosh, do, do I really have, you know, what kind of faith do I really have if I'm just taking the easy stuff that really doesn't require faith at all? If I just take the easy stuff, what, what, what credit is that to me? And, and not that we do this, you know, for any kind of credit, but, but you get my point. You know, if we just do the easy stuff, you know, what are we doing? Are, are, we, are we just playing church? Are we just, you know, pretending like, you know, we've got this Christian thing together when, when in reality we're just doing the things that, that, that work for us. And, and I, hope, I hope that that's not the case uh, for any of us. But let's, uh, let's jump back to, to Titus chapter 3. So, so, so that's kind of the bad news right there. That's the, the bad news of, of who we are, um, that we're wicked and that we're depraved and that we're, we're foolish and, and deceitful. Um, but but, but here's, here's the good news. Here's the amazing news in, in Titus chapter 3, verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior 
so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So Paul tells us to insist, not, not, not to recommend, not, not to suggest, but to insist on these things. And, and, and like I said in the beginning, you know, we, we've got to have, have a couple basic things uh, understood if, if we're going to call ourselves believers. And, and the first thing is to the best of our ability is, is to, to recognize who God is. And, and, you know, Pastor Ryan used to say that if, you know, if God were small enough for us to figure out, he wouldn't be big enough for us to worship. And, and I agree with that. And I don't know that we're ever fully uh, on this earth going to really wrap our minds around, you know, exactly who God is. But, but to the best of our ability, to the best of the ability that God has given us, we, we've got to have an understanding um, that, that God is who he is. And, and, and secondly, the thing that we've got to understand is, is who we are in light of who he is. And, and, and so, so we read, you know, that, that God, not because of us, not because of our works of righteousness, of righteousness, God saved us. Had nothing to do with us, had nothing to do with you, had nothing to do with me, uh, but everything uh, to do with him. Because before, before this point, before God saved us, chapter three, verse three tells us who we were deceitful and living in malice and, and being hated and hating one another. Foolish, right? It paints this pretty bad picture of who we are. Yet God saved us anyway. Not, not because he looked at us and said there, there's a glimmer of hope, um, you know, for the human race. You know, I, I'm just, I'm blown away every time I read through the Old Testament of, of why God and how God put up with the children of Israel. Because if it were me, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> and that, you know, that's why he's God and I'm not. But, but, you know, every time, you know, God would just do these great things, these incredible things, you know, the, the parting of the Red Sea and just, you know, getting him out of Egypt. Just, you know, what an amazing story. And, and you know, no sooner were they on dry land and, and they're complaining to Moses. They're complaining about it. You know, God just parted a sea for them and just wiped out their enemies. And, and you know, not long later, they, they complain about it. You know, if that were, if my kids did that, <laughs> I'd spank them. I mean, I wouldn't put up with it. And, and you know, I'm just amazed at, at God. And, and, you know, how often do, you know, do we look at our own kids sometimes and just think, God, when are they going to get it? They just don't get it. Well, how much more does God look at us and just think, you know, when is Chad ever going to get this figured out? He does it way more than, than I do to my kids. I guarantee you that. And, and so it has nothing to do with us, nothing to do with our righteousness, nothing to do with, with anything uh, about us. But God saved us. God justified us by grace. We've become heirs to an eternal hope. How amazing is that? I mean, it's absolutely amazing when you just stop and think about that, you know, for 30 seconds. It's amazing. And so, you know, here's where I want to leave us tonight and just challenge us with tonight is, you know, are we being inconvenienced in our lives for the sake of Christ? And if we're not, if we're not being inconvenienced for the sake of Christ, I think we've really got to evaluate our relationship with God. I think we've got to evaluate and, and say, am I, am I just taking the stuff that, that's easy for me uh, rather than, than, than taking it all? 
And, and, and as, as I've pointed out, you know, selective obedience is the same thing as, as disobedience. And, and, and it's not my desire, it's not my heart that, that any of us would walk in disobedience to God. Not at all. And, and I hope, I hope that, that for every one of us here tonight, that, that none of us want to walk in disobedience to God. Um, you guys can come back up if you want. We're going to you know, maybe just close with a couple of songs. And, and I just want to give opportunities for, uh, for you guys just to, to respond tonight. Not to me, um, but, but to respond to the Lord. And, and, and just to, you know, if, if God's convicting you tonight, um, you know, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. You know, how many times do, do we sit here during a Bible study and, and we just think, man, that was, that was a really good Bible study. Um, we walk away and think, man, I, you know, I learned a lot. And, oh, man, I was even, you know, convicted in this area. Um, you know, I, I shared with Ryan years ago that, that um, you know, Ryan just made me mad sometimes because I'd sit here on a Sunday and just be like, why does he have to bring that up? I don't want to deal with that. And, and I'd walk away kind of mad because it's like, I'm not ready for that. But, but how many times, you know, do, do we sit here and, and we, we feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And, and you know, we go home on a Wednesday night and put the on a Sunday morning, you know, we go grab lunch with some people after church and we just forget about that, the conviction um, that, that God brought before us. And, and so tonight, I, I don't want that to be us tonight. I don't want us to walk away, um, you know, feeling like maybe we've been convicted and, and just do nothing with it because it doesn't do any good. Any good, we might as well have just stayed home tonight if, if that's what we're going to do. And, and so, um, like I said, I just want to give opportunities tonight for, for all of us to just respond uh, to, to what God's speaking to our hearts. And, and if you're here tonight and, and, and you're just thinking, man, I'm, I'm just not, not letting my life be inconvenienced for the sake of Christ, you know, we want to pray with you. You know, we want to pray with you about that and just pray that that you would just have the boldness and the strength to walk in obedience to God. And if you're sitting here tonight and you just know that God's calling you to do different things with your life and what you're doing, but you're just afraid to take that step, and I'll be the first one to admit, taking that step sometimes can be pretty scary, right? You walk out on the plank and there's no net there to catch you. But if you're sitting here tonight and you just know that God's calling you to do something different with your life than you are now, uh, or, or if you just know that, that you've been pursuing something that you don't need to pursue, whatever that thing is, you know, don't leave tonight without uh, praying with somebody. Don't leave tonight uh, without responding to God. Um, because like I said, if, you know, if we come here week after week after week after week after week and, and we don't allow God to work in our lives, we don't walk in that obedience, the, the whole thing is pointless. And, and so, um, you know, I'll be available to pray with you guys. Uh, Frank can be available uh, to pray with you guys. Um, but, but just don't, don't walk away and, and, and ignore what God might be speaking to you right now. Don't walk away and ignore what God wants to do in your life. And, you know, if we have to stay here, stay here a long time to, to pray with people, that, that's cool. Um, and, and if you just want to write where you're at in your chair, just, just, you know, take care of whatever business you need to take care of with the Lord, you know, just, you know, do it. But, but don't allow your heart to continue to be hardened um, by ignoring what God's doing because the next time, it's just going to be a little bit easier. And the time after that, it's going to be a little bit easier to, to just ignore um, those things that God convicts us about until we're pretty soon. We, we just don't even, you know, we're, we're just playing church. And, and I don't think anybody here is doing that. But, but you know, get, understand my point that, that we just want to allow room for God to move in our lives without ignoring the, the tough things that, that, that might not necessarily work for us. 
And so um, please just feel free to maybe play a couple of songs, and, and Frank and I will be available to pray with you guys. And, um, just let the Lord speak to your heart right now.